Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks again. We cherish, love, honor you guys. Uh, what an opportunity to come across your airways. And as we're studying through the book of Proverbs, and uh, we've been looking at this book, and we've been in Proverbs chapter 11, talking about integrity, being upright, things we uh, do, uh, the position we want to be in as we're looking at this Hebrew poetry, this Hebrew parallelism. And um, it, it's been pretty cool. And uh and so as we're going through that with me, as always, my friend, Stephanie, Stephanie, what's happening with you? Well, good morning, Doug. Um, what's going on with me? Well, where we are right now, I'm in full food preparation, making grocery list modes to help out a dear friend. So um, who needs a meal made? So yeah, that's, that's my current brain processes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good process to have when you're helping someone. And uh, so we continue on in this study of Proverbs. I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I have been enjoying Proverbs. Proverbs has been one of these things where it makes me think. It, it, it's it's one of these things that's the opposite of the world. You know, the world and the church has got away from, so so far away from, uh, you know, the spiritual side of things. And uh, there's those of us, this us remnant. Here we are. We're looking for answers for PTSD. We're looking for help for PTSD. We're looking for help for life just seeing what God has for us and, and, and how that's helping us. And we're finding it. And, uh, so we, we want to say that and, uh, God's providing, uh, certainly God's doing a work in this way. And, uh, so as we continue along in that area, one of the things we do on every episode on every show is we talk about, uh, things. First of all, we talk about the Norton knucklehead moment where, we want to point out what a knucklehead looks like, so you won't be one. Uh, and uh, and sometimes it's humor, but there's usually not. But uh, anyway, with that, Stephanie, in our you might be a knucklehead <laughs> segment, uh, you might be a knucklehead if. Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead, okay, and this does not come from any predisposed scenario. I'm just, this is something that I've been thinking about because it, it does happen, and I'm sure it has happened. But you're a knucklehead if you use a wedding or a funeral. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I do know of scenarios where this has happened. You are a knucklehead if you use a wedding or a funeral as a place to promote your personal agenda. There it is, friends. You know, the, the height of knuckleheadedness uh, right there. If you look up knuckleheadedness, that's one of the quotes that's going to be in there is a uh, uh, trying to, you know, do your grooming, trying to do your part, trying to sway people, trying to, you know, that's, that just makes me sick. I mean, that's just that, uh, uh, it, it's sickening and, and don't, don't let people do things like that. And we're going to be talking about all that when we get through the book of Proverbs, but right now I'm just pretty excited to be in book of Proverbs. So Stephanie, things you wouldn't say or do could kind of go with that, I guess is, uh, you know, trying to pump yourself up at a wedding or a funeral, trying to take credit. I mean, what would you add to that? 
I would say you're a jerk. Um, if you know, doing anything to detract from the bride and groom's joy or, you know, whatever, or in a funeral sense, if you're, you're there for And you want to talk about detracting. I was looking at wedding pictures yesterday on Facebook. Someone got married the other day. And, uh, I'm telling you the, the mom had a better dress on than the bride. You know, you got to stop that, man. You got to be lowly, man. You got to, you you don't want to get me on that subject. You know that, right? So you don't want to get anybody on that subject because if you do that, that that's being a knucklehead. It's being a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, we've covered that. We, we've got enough negative juju, I think for this episode. I think we, I think we brought it home. Praise God. Should we, should we talk about taco trucks again? We we need to get back to, I wish that taco truck (laughs) from Warsaw would pull up right outside of my, I'd stop the podcast right now. And, and, And man, and there's a Mexican restaurant on my way to my son, Daniel's house. So Daniel lives, you know, 10 minutes from me. And uh, there's a place called Uncle Berto's Mexican. It's the best Mexican food I've ever had. And I've had Mexican food in Mexico, which is kind of bland, to be honest with you. But uh, the best, you know, Americanized type of Mexican. Oh, it is so good. I mean, there's only two tables in the place. Everybody speaks Spanish. Everybody eating theirs, you know, from Latin America, South America. All good folks. Man, they give you a dish of food in there. You feel like you got your money's worth. Next time. Emmy has to eat there, but I got to warn you, she'll never want another taco again in Warsaw. So maybe we'll keep her away. She'll be like, why don't they make tacos like this in Warsaw? (laughs) Because the ones in Warsaw on a scale of one to 10 are at least a six. I just got to be upfront with you. They're good. But this place, ever since I found Uncle Berto's, has given me a new 10. I mean, these people, these people are right with God down here. So anyway, we're in Proverbs chapter 11. We're moving on from tacos because I can talk all things tacos. And, and I just want to say this. You, all things food. Yeah. Just. <laughs> but, but I want to say this too. You know, you go to a place and they give you a little teeny taco, you know, and, and they think they're cool and they think they're all, uh, you know, this is what you get in Mexico. Yeah, you pay a quarter for it in Mexico, not seven bucks for a little teeny corn uh tortilla you know wrapped around a little bit of meat and uh come on leave me alone cut it out stop it anyway you might be a knucklehead if you do that but anyway here we are we're in the book of proverbs i I just had to get that off my mind i i just full disclosure i think a taco should be a full-size taco this is the united states of america people fought and died for us to have full-size tacos we don't need these high-level boutique taco shops all right we need tacos praise god all right, so we're in chapter 11. <laughs> I just want to get that out there uh, because, I, 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 honestly, I've been hurt by that before. But here we are. <laughs> here we are in Proverbs chapter 11. We're on ver- verse number 16. Uh, and, I, hey, I'm not the only one who's been hurt by food, by restaurants and people. I'm just saying that. And you know what messes me up, too, is a lot of the people who do the most bragging about food don't really cook that well. So, yeah, that is so true. Oh, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, 99% out of 100 times that we go out to eat, I cook better than them. It's just sad, but it's true because I work at it. You know, you get cookbooks, you learn, you get the right materials. I had a few years of 
uh, four years of home economics and high school cooking, learning those types of things, had a community college class or two on cooking. But anyway, a gracious woman here in verse number 16. So, and there's still people that can cook me. Every time I go to church, there's somebody that'll cook a cinnamon bun or something. I'm telling you, tears will run down my face. I'll be over there trying to get the recipe, man. There's people out there. There's, I, I, I met a, I met a, yeah, I met a lady at our church a few years ago. She made some cinnamon rolls, and, and I'm here to tell you, there are there are those nights when you're not really feeling good about yourself, where you consider making those cinnamon rolls. And she puts mashed potatoes in them, so it takes a little more work than the average one. Oh, oh, wow. oh they're good, man. Oh my, that's amazing. Oh, change your life. But anyway, a gracious. If I, if I find. Tears in your eyes right now, just talking about them. I do, I do, and my nose is running a little bit. But anyway, so here we go. You know, my eyes and my nose are hooked together in that manner. But we got to get to the serious part of Proverbs. We can't talk tacos, we can't talk cinnamon rolls. But if I find that cinnamon roll recipe, I will put it out there on the page because we we aren't people who hide recipes from people. We share. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. So, you know, right away coming out of here, Stephanie, it's talking about a gracious woman. That's a mark of a truly gracious woman uh, when that retains honor. She carries herself with honor, a sense of dignity dignity with with pride she's you know you know there's a, there's a mix of meekness i think and modesty i wrote down and prudence and you know all these other virtues that when we talk about a gracious woman or a gracious lady uh it's acceptable you know to god and men that i think that's what makes you gracious and i mean what do you think there yes well i think of um proverbs 31 and what that lady looks like and um, I think a gracious woman is someone who is walking with the Lord and um, someone who is constantly seeking to know Jesus more, who is, and that will come out, that will come out in her demeanor. It'll come out in her actions. It'll come out in her tongue. You know, we're in, we're in a context here that's been talking a lot about the tongue and Proverbs 31 says the, the law of kindness is in her tongue and a gracious woman has that law of kindness governing, governing, her tongue. And, you know, we have so many examples of gracious women throughout scripture. Um, and I think the Lord's had me really meditating lately on, on Deborah and on Esther and on Abigail and women who made tough choices. God put them in positions where they had to make tough choices. They had to stand up and be the courageous one when there wasn't a man to do the job. And, um, God calls on us as women sometimes to make those choices and yet at the same time or to never lose that that gracious spirit that God wants us to have that that where grace and truth are met together mercy and truth are met together where Jesus is still even if we're having to make tough choices even if we're having to be the bad guy so to speak where we're having to step up to the plate and maybe do something that yeah, maybe a guy should be doing or or could be doing, but they aren't. And so God calls on us to do it. And so where we take that role, as Deborah did, as Esther did, as Abigail did, but we never lose that gracious spirit. And when that is the case, it, the Bible says that that woman retains honor, retains honor in the sense that she never loses it. 
And that's powerful. Um, and, and the idea going right along with it, that a strong man, and I don't think that just means strong in the sense of you have great pecs, you have great biceps. Um, that, that word comes to mind because my seven-year-old, I'll tell you off the phone what he fully said, but one, it, it mortified me. I was like, this child has been around Doug way too much. Oh, man. But- all that to say, Caleb last night was telling me that he has great pecs. That was one of the things he said. And I just died laughing. But all that to say, uh, that's not what this verse is referring to. I think when I read this, I think of where God told um, Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Yeah. With whithersoever thou goest and when you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, you are laying up treasures in heaven. And yes, God may make you rich here on earth. God makes godly men. It doesn't mean you're evil if you have riches here on earth, but a truly rich man is someone who is strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And when he gets to heaven, Oh my, the riches he has laid up. That is, that is where true riches come in. So this is just, this is an awesome verse. It is. It's a great verse. And, and, and I think, you know, some people and, and some people translate the Hebrew differently here and and they'll use things like ruthless men, violent men. But I, I think, you know, about half the commentaries you read on this talk about a strong man being somebody that, you know, gathers riches, riches and things of that, that it's not necessarily the antithesis. Oh, I got it right that time. The antithesis right out of, right out of the, uh, you know, right out of the shoot that time. I got that one, right. It's not actually the antithesis of a gracious woman. Uh, but either way, um, I look at it as the King James translated here. I really do that strong men, that people who, you know, go out there and earn things and stuff like that. I'm not necessarily looking at it as a bad thing. Uh, and I'm not necessarily looking at it as a good thing. I think that God wants us to be gracious, uh, male or female. He wants us to be gracious. I, so from this verse, I will go with that. A gracious person makes a complete difference in the lives of, of people on this earth. And, and folks be that way. And again, if we're talking about a ruthless man, as some would translate or some would say the Hebrew says, or a violent man, uh, then it's talking bad. But if we're talking about a strong man who puts some money away, as long as they're tithing and doing the right things and serving God, it can be okay. So the commentary's half and half on this. this. is one of those verses in the Bible that people have very strong opinions about, and I don't. When we studied it in seminary, we actually talked about this verse. And I think it leads itself more to a strong guy. You know, he's just saving up his money. He's not spending on everything. But there's so many good men like me uh, who believe the other way. So I'm just kind of going to leave it at that. Uh, but just say the first part of this verse, talking about being gracious, talking about, uh, you know, those things, finding favor in man and God, meek, modest, all those things, prudence, making those right decisions. Uh, you know, it's somebody who renders themselves acceptable in front of God. That, that's such an important thing there, I think, and such a great verse. And then 17, I think, goes on with this particular podcast here. It says, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. And, uh, you know, I get to that. There's much more being said here in 17 than you really see with just a few words. But, you know, that person who shows mercy to others, who's shown mercy, you know, that's good for his own soul. Uh, yeah. Someone who's merciful means being merciful means you're, you're being kind to someone else. You're being steadfast. You're doing the right thing. And, th- and then the opposite of that or the antithesis, and phew, man, 
I told you it took about three podcasts to get that right out of me, but being the antithesis here, and we do see that, is being cruel to folks and and things like that. So, I mean, when you're seeing them, Stephanie, what's coming to your mind there in 17? Well, wow, this verse is loaded. And um, this is a verse that's so hands-on understandable. This is a verse that you can literally experience. And... When I, when I read this, this is, this isn't the two words used here are soul and flesh. So I really believe this is referring to earthly consequences, good or bad for decisions you're making. Um, this, I really believe that this is a very hands-on right now, practical verse. And there is a real sense in which God gives us earthly blessing, earthly benefits from choosing to follow him and the Lord, what's some of our favorites some of my favorite verses in scripture are the ones that talk about the Lord being merciful of being gracious. And when we are a merciful, gracious person, it will affect us. It'll affect our soul. It'll affect our physical being. It will affect us here and now in this life. Um, a merciful person is very often the person who whether they're whether they're more high strung or low strung, um, it it changes the way they look at life. It changes the way they go through their day. It changes the yeah. way they interact with people because mercy, and mercy is simply showing graciousness. It's it's simply extending a helping hand. It's simply looking out for someone else more than yourself. It's it's not being you know being quick to blow off your top. Um, a merciful person, God's going to give them a calmness. Yeah, give them a peace that will affect their soul. It doesn't just affect their their spirit; it will affect their soul, their very being. And the contrast in this verse it says, "But he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh." And I have watched people, and we can see this even in public figures. Yeah, their literal countenance their eyes, their mannerisms, their laugh. Okay. This, this, uh, whether you're a merciful or cruel person will come out in your laugh and I'm going to leave it at that. It does, man. It does. Being merciful or being cruel affects every part of your being now. I'm not talking in eternity. Obviously it affects eternity and where you end up on the scale of your inheritance and all of that. If you're a child of God, but it affects you now. And this is, this is very practical. It is. It's it's extremely practical. And and I think, you know, it's the measure of a human being, really. Yeah. Are, are you a merciful human being? Are you a merciful Christian? Are you someone who shows mercy to others? And I mean, this is really hard. This is where the rubber meets the road for people with PTSD, people with traumas, people with triggers, people who've been through junk. It's It's a little more difficult sometimes to be merciful when someone's hurt you so badly. And, and, you know, but, but God's reminding us that being merciful has, is good for our souls. It's good for our entire beings. It's good for, you know, it's good. God recognizes that as being good, but being cruel troubles everything. It troubles our souls. It troubles our flesh, man. It just, it can ruin our life. And that word for trouble is the same one that we see in, in the Hebrew word in Joshua 7, where Achan troubled Israel. This is a bad word. 
And uh, so I, I, I think the important thing to walk away from this with is, as you look at this in context, is what do you want to be? Do you want to be merciful? Do you want to be that person that makes a difference in people's lives? Do you want to be merciful and make a difference in your own life? Being merciful is good for your own soul. Or do you want to be somebody who's a, a pain in the neck and hurting well, it, people and troubling yeah. people and it's, it's it, bad for your soul? Yeah. Well, and there's, um, there's, there's scientific evidence to back this up. Okay. There are diseases that develop or massively get worse at a, at a propelled rate because of things like this, because you literally are, God did not create us to be cruel people. That is anti-God. It is anti who he created us to be. And so when you are this kind of person and since we're, we're now, we're going to be slamming narcissism, narcissists are cruel people. And I have watched firsthand as narcissists have affected their own physical health by their cruelty. And so this, this is very practical. It's very important. And you are opening the door. If you choose to be a cruel person, who is cruel? Who came up with the idea of being cruel? It was Satan himself. There it is. And so you are a cruel person. You are under the control. Call it demonic influence, whatever you want to call it. I firmly believe a cruel person has put themselves under the influence of Satan himself. I agree. And you are you are damaging yourself by yep. doing that. It's yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you're there. And, and folks, that's what it comes down to. Who do you want to be? And, you know, it's easy when we've been traumatized and triggered and stuff to walk around this world grumpy and, and stuff like that. But we don't want the easy road. We want the high road. We want the God road. We want to be good to everybody. Uh, everybody. People next to us, people down the road, people across the world. And uh, so with that, we've been doing a song at the end of every podcast. And today's song we're going to go ahead and do is God Meant It For Good. What a perfect song. People hurt us. They uh, they give us traumas. They set triggers off. That's what happened with Joseph. That's what this song is all about. Listen to every word. And uh, here you go. God Meant It For Good off the album entitled God Meant It For Good. Seven years dad worked so hard to marry mom From an evil uncle on a faraway farm After trials and distrust, their marriage would go on My mother begged God for a son in his time I was born My brothers hated me But was then falsely accused Into prison I was thrown My life full of abuse You meant it for evil But God meant it for good You tried to
my dreams from heaven guide me through god's promises were sure though chains and darkness were my home his joy was my true cure to the needs of those around me i turned to help instead and god rewarded trust in What a great song. Remember, you can download these albums at any time, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and uh, the name of the CD is God Meant It for Good, just like the song, uh, Stephanie Wesco and Family. Folks, if we can do anything to help you, please make sure you find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, or if you want to be part of our narcissism study and you went through something biblically uh, unbiblical, uh, with a narcissist, maybe involved in a church or something like that, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you drop us a PM, and we'll be glad to give you a call and see how maybe you can be part of the script or maybe even come on our show. We'd love to talk to you. May God bless you, folks. We hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you.
Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.